Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, and with that, we bid you a good afternoon. Happy President's Day. Sun is shining in western New York. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the week off, and that means a healthy dose of Nate Geary. Hi. Four out of five days this week. I think Sal will be in on Wednesday when you are not able to join me. Nice to see you. Nice to be uh, working with you for a few days here. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, it has. How are you? I'm all right. I watched the Sabres game, so my health isn't as me good too. as I'd like it to be. Watch it. It's good. It's good when you can get things that are uh, not pleasurable out of the way early in the day. Yeah, I find like you know now when they play on Saturday afternoon, I'm like awesome. It's four yeah. o'clock. Right. That means by <laughs> by seven eight o'clock. Let's go. I, I will be drained, but yeah. ready to recoup. Well, I'm I'm bummed out because a lot of kids. Right, a, a youth hockey day at at the arena. A lot of the seats that appear to be empty. Well, actually, are empty on a regular basis. Looked to be filled. I don't know if the, they had a, a sellout or or what, but it looked certainly close to it. L- looked more full on TV, and that's too bad that they could not find their way to beating one of the worst teams in the NHL. But then again, the Sabers still are one of the worst teams in the NHL. So that's um, you know, there's a balance there. So zero and two on the year against the Ducks. Sure, that's that's. At, hey, but at you. least at least I don't think the kids were booing today, so no That's one's right. no one's feeling feelings should be hurt. were spared. Everyone should be yeah. uh, feeling good. It was a weird. Um, I, I thought, I, and I would I know this came up on post game, and, and Paul was just talking about it with Derek and and Pat. Um, it, it was kind of like a game from last year, a little bit. I mean, the Sabers didn't score, they didn't shoot the lights out or anything, but they kind of dominated, especially the front half of the game, and egregious, awful mistakes led to goals against. And then in the end, their goalie made a couple of spectacular saves and you lose. And that happened a lot last year. Um, I wouldn't say this game was as entertaining or as fun as a prime loss from last season, but the script was a little bit different today. Because And, and Lukanen, who's been a rock star for this team since little ar- around today. the holiday time, yeah. Yeah, he had, a, he, had, he had a tough night. I mean, yeah. a rebound left lay in there. Another one squirts through him. You know, it's five, four goals on, what, 15 shots or something? Uh, so a, t- a tough day for the save percentage, season-long stats for Lukanen. And um, just a frustrating afternoon in a season that's been full of frustration. And it seemed like it got – it really gets really testy with Granado after these games – but I felt like there was some pressing going on about this team's learning curve um, when Granado met with the so media not after the game. That young anymore, right? And wasn't I? I think it was my buddy John Warrow I heard ask, like, "Wasn't this supposed to be what you learned last year?" Mm. Um, and you know, Granado's like, "Well, you know, I can't, I can't decide when they're going to learn." But I mean, it's the same, it's the same talk, really. And this team has just been. To me, just not 
able to find their way to like any kind of consistent style of playing. And I just always think about a coach when that happens, but I mean, it's far gone enough now that it doesn't even really matter. And it seems like maybe we're the only ones thinking about that. It yeah. certainly doesn't feel like the organization is. No, definitely so. not. Yeah. Mm. And so, why should they? You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> why should they? they? Why should they try to improve? Well, what, we, what's good it's about... It's President's Day. Don't ruin it. What's good, okay? what's good about <laughs> us starting at this little awkward time here is that it, it, it did give us five or six minutes here to talk about the Sabres game. And then take a break. Put and, the Band-Aid on and, and not think about and, it again. And have like an open to the show and like a regular start at 4 o'clock. And Sal will be with us and then we'll talk about football. And, you know, probably wind our way back to the Sabres at some point because they are a pro sports team in our city and they did play a game today. I do appreciate, though, but, that we are right back into talking about football in February uh, instead of them. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, by, yeah, absolutely 100% by design. Yeah. Because there's really not what, up, what, what, up. what else is there to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's how it that's how it goes sometimes. So <laughs> my idea for today, I I'm glad you're here, um, and Sal has been notified. Um, I think taking a because I've not really done this. We've not really talked this through. We sort of went from the end of the season right into the draft. And, of course, free agency is ahead of the draft. And I recognize the stumbling box, block to talking about free agents, either the Bills' own or going out shopping, is their cap situation. Uh, but I want to like sort of prioritize who they've got in-house that, that, should, that they should really work to keep. Um, assuming there are some players that are about to hit the market in a month that, or in a few weeks that are, you have some interest in keeping. So we'll do that when we get fired up. You know, I'll, I'll say for real here. We're going to take a timeout. Nate Geary's here. I'm the Bulldog. Mike is off all week. Sal will join us on the other side of the break, and we'll get into this conversation I'm alluding to about Daquan Jones. And I, yeah, Gabriel Davis, to me, is a foregone conclusion to leave, but that doesn't mean he has no value. Um, him and everyone in between, Dane Jackson, anyone else, you got an idea, we'll be talking about this for a lot of the day today. So that's the way forward. We'll see if we can touch base with Paul later on to revisit this loss to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Uh, the, excuse me, I don't think they're Mighty Ducks anymore, but they're, they're certainly mighty. They're mighty something. They're mighty pain in the you-know-what for the Sabres. Pesky, Losing mighty pesky. two games yeah. to them this year. So timeout and some football on the way. I'm the Bulldog. Nate Geary's in for Mike Show. Sal Capaccio joins us on the other side of the break here on WGR. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. All right, glad to have you along for the ride with us here on a sunny but chilly wintry Monday. Well, wintry. It's wintry temperatures. Skies are clear, and it's going to be warming up, so all that snow we got yesterday is going to melt. Good to know. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Nate Geary in for Mike Shope. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for tuning in. Sal, my man, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Other than the uh, Sabres game today, went down there. We uh, experienced that and obviously a few goals, but not the result against a team they should have beaten. Uh, Otherwise, uh, doing pretty well. It's uh, winter break here. I was wondering today, I said on the air with Joe, when I was a kid, Bulldog, maybe Nate may even have a different thing on this. 
we didn't have a week in February and then a week around Easter. We had two weeks around Easter. That's what we did every year um, in high school or in grade school. But now it's a week in February and a week around Easter. I don't remember a week in February either, and I'm way older than you. Uh, I don't remember a week in February either. Yeah, I remember how much I hated February okay. because there was no week in February. Yeah. There you go. I, I, and and I, I don't remember two weeks in, in around Easter, but you're probably right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so, um, well, we were shaking off the, this, uh, well, we're shaking off the weekend, shaking off the Sabres game and turning our attention to the Bills. You're up and running here. Of course, the offseason tracker's been there since the season ended a few weeks ago. And now you're starting your positional breakdowns. And you've gone through quarterbacks and you've gone through running backs so far. And so I thought we'd spend some time on those and some time just in general on the Bills' rather large class of free agents themselves that they have, guys that are hitting the market, um, and and run through that. So quarterback-wise, I know Mike asked me last week one day, it became known the Steelers were moving on from Trubisky, so he was going to be available. And he asked me, any interest? And I went, after watching him play for the Steelers this year, I would say no, which is funny because I think a lot of us were pretty excited when the Bills landed him two off-seasons ago to be Josh Allen's backup. But I'm pretty convinced that he can't really help a team anymore. So I'm curious, what do you think will be the way forward at at quarterback? I foresee the room looking very similar, very similar to what it did last year. It doesn't mean the names will be exactly the same, which we can get to. But I think the Bills will have, obviously, Josh Allen's going to be QB1. The only question with him this offseason is if and when and how much, I guess, of his contract will be restructured to free up salary cap space. They can free up, you know, close to $20 million. So it seems like, <coughs> excuse me, seems like that's going to be something they're going to do. And then behind him, I think you like to have a guy who has some skin in the game, some experience, because this is not a team that can trust a rookie with a four or five game stretch. If Allen were to go down, because you're trying to win games, get the one seed, win the division, you're in a Super Bowl window. And you, unless you really just believe in that guy, and he came along super rapidly, I just don't think this team is in, is in position to do that. They don't want to do that. So that's where your Kyle Allen comes in. That's where your Trubisky comes in. That's where your Barkley comes in. Now, some of these guys have been in the game longer than others. Barkley was a really good fit because, you know, he had such a good working relationship. He knew that he was the backup and he'd been around a long time. Well, obviously that changed last year. Kyle Allen comes in, but he's been in the league for you know five, six years. He's been around. He's been a starter. He's the perfect mold for that. Now, though, after seeing him preseason, him struggle a little bit, he never had to play in the last year's regular season, you wonder, is that the same guy they want? But I'll tell you this, if it's not him, it's going to be somebody just like him. That's the way I think the room's going to look. And then you have the younger guy who they also like to have in the building. That was Shane Buchel last year. Shane Buchel's been in the league three years. Two with Kansas City, one with Buffalo, all on the practice squad. He's never taken a snap in an NFL regular season game. Would they trust a guy like that to come in and have to play? Maybe now that he's been you know, in the league practicing for a few years, but that's also a dicey proposition. So you usually have a guy like that on the practice squad, so it kind of lends you to, and by the way, he is still under contract. He signed a future reserve deal. So I think he's here. He's probably your practice squad quarterback again. I wouldn't rule them out drafting someone, but then we get into the things about, okay, you drafted him. If you want to put him on the practice squad, you got to waive him and those kinds of things. So I think it looks similar to last year. Sale, I wanted to ask you just as a follow-up to the quarterback situation, like is there a specific style 
because, you know, Kyle Allen to me is a little bit more of a pocket passer where I think it might, at least for me, I look at the quarterback situation behind Allen and I kind of think to myself, I, I think I would really like someone who has sort of like the athletic ability that could supplement some of the issues you're going to have with a backup quarterback throwing the football with a guy that can be effective running it too. And, and, and maybe being a, you know, I, I think about the Ravens and Huntley as their backup as a guy that can step in. He's not a world beater throwing the football, but if you've got to get through two or three games, he can win you two or three games because of his athleticism and, and ability to and run. style-wise, it's yeah. kind of a match. Right. You know, I've always thought that that would be really what the Bills would want. I, I don't – I think they'd want a mobile quarterback. Kyle Allen can move a little bit. Trubisky, he actually pretty mobile, actually. You know, yep. he's a guy that can use his feet. I don't think I think it is different than the Ravens because it's truly not. Now, granted, the Ravens were different this year. They did not use Lamar's legs like they normally do on the design stuff. For you know, he's just so great at scrambling. But there's not to me. Look at what the way the Bills have kind of man, managed Allen and running and all the discussions we've had. It's not like they're going out there and calling ten designed runs for him a game. You know, he runs when he needs to run, and there are a few of those goal line runs or short yardage runs. That's where he really where he's running. And the real critical downs, you could probably you could have a guy just as long as he can move a little bit do that. Allen is such a unique guy and such a freak that he's he might be literally the best goal line back in the league, right? Whether that's running back, <laughs> quarterback, fullback doesn't matter. He might be the best goal line. You can't replicate that. You can't bring in a quarterback like that. So stylistically, yeah, I think you want a guy who can be mobile because you will have elements of your offense that you're going to rely on that once in a while and. You don't want to completely take that away. But honestly, guys, the Bills' offense is Josh Allen in the pocket passing, and when he can make a play with his legs, he does. But it's not something they rely on for their offense to call a lot. So I don't think you have to go fully committed to that to a backup. Yeah, I, I think like Nate said, I, I, I would be interested in it. I think it's hard. I mean, it, it, like, it might sound a little bit like if you stretch this conversation out to almost an unreasonable extent, we're looking for a clone of Josh Allen. Good luck. Like every team that doesn't have Josh Allen or, or you know, an established superstar quarterback is looking for that. So, you know, I, I doubt they're sitting around, but mostly I'd like to have the running threat with my backup quarterback because I'm going to assume there's going to be maybe a considerable drop-off in the passing acumen, right? So if I'm going to suffer there, at least give me somebody who can, you know, maybe extend some drives and keep the chains moving if he has to play. Yeah, and actually, you know, Shane Buchel is a pretty good, is a pretty good athlete, actually, as well. Um, I want to go back and look. I think he ran a, a bit when he was in college. Let me look. Yeah, in college, here's his stats. He was at Texas and at SMU. And 96 attempts at Texas one year. 64, 58, he ran for it. Now, he didn't run for a ton of yards, but through five years, he ran for 478 yards. Now, it's not a high average. It's scrambling around, but he's not afraid to take off if he needs to, mm -hmm. right? So I think that could be your answer. Maybe that's why they felt he was a better fit than Matt Barkley. Let's remember, that's what happened. It wasn't that they chose Allen over Barkley. Barkley and Allen were here together. It was Barkley got an injury, and by the time – and the, basically, there were a couple weeks that went mm -hmm. by. They released him, and then they signed Buchel – who had been waived by the Chiefs. And actually, he has much more of that ability than Matt Barkley would have, who's really not that mobile at all. So maybe that's the guy that they have and think, okay, you can do that. Now, Kyle Allen, like I said, he can move a little bit. He's not super-duper you know, mobile guy running around mm -hmm. back there, but he can do that. So um, I do think you want someone like that. I think, to me, it's not the style, though, that matters as much. Like, yes, that would be the ideal fit. Could you clone Josh Allen, of course, right, as you said. 
to me, what matters most is the financials of it and the roster management of it. Like, what you're not going to go out there and get a guy for the kind of price you might be able to get Kyle Allen back for this year, which is the veteran minimum, who's so much of an upgrade, right? Even Trubisky might make a little more than that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about that. What they can, Guys, they cannot spend assets and money on that position like a lot of teams might want to be able to do. Like the Bills are going to have to have a younger guy in a rookie contract or something like that and probably a veteran guy in a vet minimum contract. Right. Have you gotten to the point where you've thought about a different version of Kyle Allen for this team or are we still a little ways away from that? I've thought about it. I just don't know if there's anything out there. I didn't mind Barkley, you know, and he could mm-hmm, if he mm-hmm. wants to play again. We'll see where that is. I just, you know, it's funny when he was um this is Kyle Allen. When he w- when he played in the preseason, it didn't go that well. And there were a lot of people fans were like you got to upgrade, you got to do something. You can't have this guy as your number. And they stuck by him as your number 2. They stuck by him. And Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott kept saying, "Look, he's new to the offense. We see what we see in practice. We're fine with him." And it just kept being more of a, you know, reaffir- reaffirmation. And it was. And he never wound up. I mean, I was wondering, would he, would they move on from him and bring somebody in? It didn't mm-hmm. happen. So I think now, with his relationship to Josh Allen, to Joe Brady being in the system, it probably makes sense that they might just run it back with him again. He's not going to get a not a, you know opportunities right. elsewhere necessarily. I can't see that happening. Um, but okay, so let's say you do go down that road. What would you be looking at? I think you're looking at the same kind of player. Now, it might, again, what's the financials? Because is Sam Darnold going to be a vet minimum? That might be a guy where some team goes, you know what? Maybe there's something left there. Can we go out and get him? Because that's a guy I've thought about to be a backup for the Bills. But if you want the more mobile guy, all right. P.J. Walker's there. Marcus Mariota is there. You, There are guys out there that mm-hmm. you can go and say, you know, we have a guy that can that can move. The question is, would that player also feel that Buffalo's the spot for him to clearly be the backup, or will he have an opportunity? It would really have to be like a Trubisky situation a few years ago where he made the conscious decision to come to Buffalo to kind of resurrect his career, where he might have had another opportunity somewhere to have an opening to play a little bit more. Right. Do you remember, I know it's quite a while ago now, uh, but we were talking about this a little bit last week, and we were reminded by a listener that this team did draft Jake Fromm just a couple of years after yeah. drafting Josh Allen. And, you know, he, he didn't stick. But is there... Is there a case to be made for investing a fifth or a sixth or even a seventh in a quarterback to get here and develop so that, I don't know, maybe a year from now we're not in a situation where we're wondering, hey, is Matt Barkley still want to play? So this is a really interesting conversation that we've kind of had each of the last several years, and Fromm's part of it. Fromm's a bit unique because he was drafted during the COVID year. And I think the Bills had an inkling that they're going to have to have another guy around. They're going to have to have more people around. Remember when all mm-hmm. that was happening and the NFL was trying to decide how to do everything? And what happened with Jake Fromm? He became the, quote-unquote, COVID quarterback. He right. was the guy that kind of was isolated from the rest of the team. I think the team knew they needed a guy, and they figured, okay. And then there was talk of, oh, were they blocking? They didn't want the Patriots to get him. I don't know about that. But I do think it mattered that that was a year where they felt they needed another guy somewhere to be around to understand because if they lose a guy to COVID, they got to have another guy be able to come in and elevate everybody. Look what happened with the Broncos that year when they didn't have any options and they had to play a wide receiver at quarterback. So that's number one. The true issue here is 
yes, I could see the Bills saying, let's go use one of our 10 picks finally on, you know, getting a, a guy we can develop here. And maybe he's four years, nice backup for Josh. And then you see him off and you get a comp pick for him, maybe. I don't know. You get something, you get right. an asset. Either way. The issue is, if you do that, again, the Bills, to me, are in no have no interest in keeping three quarterbacks. But the only way you do that is if you wave the guy at the end of, either A, you wave him at the end of camp, and someone might claim him because, hey, we mm-hmm. had a draft grade on this guy. Or at some point he signs a, he's a practice squad guy, so he can sign anywhere he wants. He's a free agent. Or B, you keep him on your roster as the number two guy, and you don't really have that experience backup. Now, you could play some games here and say, okay, we keep him on the roster, and then we have a Kyle Allen or someone like that in the practice squad, but if we ever need to elevate that guy, we'll do it, and he can play over him. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Those things have happened. I just think it's a it's a roster management balancing act when you do that. Sal, um, uh, your newest piece is on running backs, which is up at WGR550.com. Um, you know, obviously, this is – I was listening to the morning show the other day, and Jeremy was making a joke about how, you know, the, the odds for Saquon Barkley had come out on his next team, and the Bills were not among any of the teams. And it's like, holy cow, we've made it – to the other side because, you know, James Cook had a Pro Bowl season, and although there was a lot of ups, there was also some, you know, shaky times during the, this past season, specifically in the past game where it felt like there were probably, what, sale almost four or five drops that really probably should have been catches and that should have been touchdowns and could have been game-defining plays. I'm thinking of the one against the Eagles. So, you know, kind of knowing what you now have in James Cook, which his first Pro Bowl, his second season, I think a guy that really took the reins as RB1 on this team. Behind him is a lot of question marks. You put you 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 sort of mentioned that in your piece. You got a guy in, in Naeem Hines who didn't play at all last year coming off an ACL injury. Um, and, you know, they've got a guy that they, they signed uh, – I think, to a futures contract in Darrington Evans. Um, outside of that sale, there's not a lot left on the roster. Overall, what do you think, if you can encapsulate where they are now and where they might be in a couple of weeks, is this a team that, that addresses that, that problem or the issue of depth in free agency? Or, or do you think it could be – this is a team that does, I think, use a lot of draft capital in the running back position? This is a very similar talk to the quarterback position <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I think this is a, a really similar type of situation, and it's definitely different than the last few years when we've been talking about first-round running backs and kind of shielding off the arrows everybody would throw at them. And we're, we're the ones holding up going, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> um, now nobody's throwing those arrows anymore, right? Nobody's, uh, like I said, the odds, whatever. I, I think James Cook has firmly cemented himself as RB1 on this team. But I will tell you, I tweeted the article out, and there was at least one, and there were several fans who said they don't think he's an RB1 and because of the inconsistencies of the catching the ball a couple times last year, putting the ball to the ground, and, you know, that his style and his size. I can respect that. I really can't. I don't agree, though, because it comes to me – what it comes down to me is I do think he's RB1, but I think the team thinks that, guys. Like, mm-hmm. I can't see a scenario – where the Bills don't feel that James Cook is clearly their number one running back and they do not need to put someone over the top of him in any situation. Because if you do that, you are spending assets. What would it take to get a guy that's better than the fourth rush, fourth leading rusher in the league and sixth in yards from scrimmage to put a guy over top? That's, that's money. That's draft assets. The Bills don't do that at the running back position. I mean, they did when they drafted a couple, you know, third rounders, Devin Singletary. And, but, you know, those are younger guys, different ty- type of timeline and what they were trying to do. So I do think it's similar because you have Josh, who, you know, he's the guy, and what do you do behind him? Now you have James Cook, what do you do behind him as far as compliments are concerned? 
Let me ask you guys. Do you guys think the Bills are concerned about James Cook's catching ability? No. I don't either. No. No, I, I so mean, I, I, I think, think you'd, I, you'd like yeah. you'd like to see him catch those balls, of course. They, right. they would tell you that, but no, I, I don't think there's any question about his status on the team. The That's question exactly. is, stylistically, are they going to? And this, we talked a lot about this last week. Um, are you know they became very run heavy in the back end of this season, and if it maybe their roster management and especially their running back uh, room will be a clue whether or not they want to continue that. Because if they go with someone more established than, say, Ty Johnson as a backup, then maybe they're thinking you know, about r- running it more there and, and leaning into that. Um, so I, I think that's one, one thing to have in mind as we start out on this. But no, I think Cook, Cook has unquestionably earned RB1 status. I don't even think there's a conversation around it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Agreed. And anybody who brings up, I agree 100% what you just said, Bulldog, and you agree, Nate, that I don't think they have any question whatsoever about his receiving ability. He dropped a couple passes. I understand that. Um, And you'll want to see him catch it. They are, I think they're very, very comfortable with him catching the ball, lining him up to catch the ball, throwing him the ball. So any type of talk about inconsistencies there, that's on James Cook. He's just got to clean that up. Like, I don't think the organization has any thought whatsoever. They're, to me, the Bills are in a great, great, great situation here because they have the fourth leading rusher in the league who's on a rookie contract for two mm-hmm. more years. I mean, you, you can't get better than that in this world of the NFL. Where I know it's yeah you could yeah you could have your quarterback when rookie contract I know but mm-hmm. when it comes to running backs they don't have to spend assets they have the guy they don't have to go spend draft picks on it 
like people thought they would over the last few years. They don't have to go spend a free agent. You have your guy. And James Cook ran the ball 237 times last year. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a ton. It's not amazing. Oh, my God. You know, you're wearing him out kind of thing. Um, he this, this is a guy to me that needs what you just said. It's about what's behind him. It's about the compliment. And I think the perfect compliment is exactly what they had last year in Ty Johnson. It unfortunately took them a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. Really, it was after Joe Brady took over. But I think that's the guy. Here's the good news. You can pretty much find Ty Johnson's, you know, right. every year and in free agency. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick, Sal. If they wanted to throw a flyer in their last pick of the draft yeah. at a running back who fits stylistically, I, you could strike gold. I mean, a lot of teams do it. I You, you mentioned, Sal, I, I was just right when you mentioned how many carries James Cook had last year, 237. I sparked my brain and I said, I wonder what his career total was at Georgia. It was 230. Right, yeah. He was never a number his one career. back there. No. Yeah. Right. So, so if you want to talk now, now they may they may look long term and go, okay, we give him 230, 250 carries a year. You know, at his size, he's going to wear down. Well, guess what? He's got two years left in a rookie deal. That's not happening yet. And I think the Bills have shown over the last few years their philosophy is use him up, and when they walk out the door, we get another guy. We use him up and let him walk out the door. And I know they traded Zach Moss, but I don't think I don't think that the plan would have been any different there. It was Devin Singletary. He's now in the Texans. It's Zach Moss. He's now in the Indianapolis Colts. Now it's James Cook. Hey, maybe James Cook becomes, you know, Christian McCaffrey 2.0, and we're having a conversation here in a couple of years on how you treat that. that that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bills are perfectly in a good scenario here. What it comes down to is behind him. And they're, now look, they have Naeem Hines, who it seems like it's a complete no-brainer yeah. to either release him or totally just say, we're going to really redo your deal if you want to stay here. Because he's counting over $5 million against the cap, and you can save almost all of that, basically, by releasing him. He is under contract, but you'd have to do that. Damian Harris is not under contract. After his injury, if he gets medically cleared, and there's not going to be a market for him, I wouldn't think. And if the Bills say, yeah, you can come back on a vet minimum deal. Guys like that, like that's what you need to do. Keep doing that. Just sign these guys on vet minimum deals to come in and play because no one's clamoring for them. Leonard Fournette sat the whole year before he was yep. finally signed by the Bills. Ty Johnson, by the way, I think the Bills the Bills did say they would have signed him earlier in the offseason if it hadn't been for an injury. But the only way I look at Ty Johnson is he'll probably have more teams interested this offseason. He's not going to make more money, though. He's going to probably make a vet right. minimum deal. To me, that's how you treat the room. Yeah, the only the only like Ty Johnson is fine with me if they, if they want to use him as a compliment to Cook. The only question I'd have there, and and I'm not interested in redoing anything with Hines. Like the fact that Cook has broken through and given them this pass catching back, to me makes Hines, you know, I, I guess returns maybe. Um, but at that money, I don't I don't really need to have that on my roster. The question is a replacement for Murray slash Harris. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, like that style guy. Cause Johnson is thicker than cook, but he's not a big back like Murray. And if they valued having a, and, and Harris is more of a hard runner than a big back, but still more similar to Murray than cook, I would say. So if they're looking for that guy, that's maybe the thing on the shopping list. Yeah, maybe. And look, they were actually better. Um, they were a good red zone team last year. They were good in goal line situations, but that's a lot of Josh Allen with, what, 15 rushing touchdowns. Right. You know, he's such a great runner there. But they'll probably want to be able to be a team that can do that again this year. Um, and I, I think this goes without saying that it just doesn't feel like Latavius Murray is going to be back in Buffalo next year, whether he plays it or not. He was the oldest running back in the league last year. And then towards the end of the year, 
he hardly carried the ball and he, he was slowed a healthy down. scratch in the yeah. team's most critical, you know, yeah. game at the end of the season. But yeah, I mean there's guys out there and I mean I'm looking at let me look at some of the uh free agents here. Okay, ready, here we go. Um Dearness Johnson, right? Remember him coming on the scene a couple oh, yeah. of years ago in Cleveland, right? Amir Abdullah, Boston Scott, Matt Breida. Like, okay, whether you like these guys or not, they're all really kind of similar and interchangeable mm-hmm. at vet minimum deals, which is why I don't think it's a big deal to kind of worry about too much now. But I agree with what you, you said, Nate, which is maybe you like a guy late in the draft. You can get a guy because those guys can can maybe offer you something on special teams. Um, yeah. They can maybe be a certain stylistic back. Maybe they go late in the draft because he only offers a couple certain traits, but maybe that's the trait you want, Bulldog, and they find a guy like that right. that they can find late in the draft. We'll have to save prioritizing the rest of the Bills' free agent list for another day, Sal, because we've gobbled up all the time talking it. about quarterbacks and running backs. Go figure. The guys that touch the ball dominate the conversation. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time, and we'll catch up during the week, I'm sure. All right, you got it. Thanks, that's, guys. That's our Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? So, yeah, okay. How hard do you want to lean into devoting assets to backup quarterback and complementary running backs? We'll start on that when we get back, get into this free agent list on the bills as we get rolling here on a President's Day. Phone lines are open from here to the end, basically. 803-0550 is the number. Nate Geary's in for Mike Shope for most of this week. I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. Yeah, I think he would actually be a great fit with New York, and here's why. Oh, my gosh. Why you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. <laughs> I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. Where, where else is he going to go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all time and then be a free agent again? He's 36 years old. No one's going to hand him a starting job. He's going to have to be a backup somewhere. Picking up some hard Russell Wilson is the new Cam Newton vibes right now. Thinking about that. That's Mike Tannenbaum talking. ESPN? Where is he? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, talking about a, a plan to get Russell Wilson onto the Jets to back up Aaron Rodgers. Remember, like Newton, like Newton had trouble finding, a, still has had trouble finding a job. I mean, he had the starting gig in New England, but. Like, I remember talking about him here as an idea. It's funny, we were just talking with Sal Capaccio in the last 20 minutes or so about style and backup quarterback, and Newton was always stylistically a, a perfect match. I mean, a- Allen and he, like, the, the running, uh, all, just a great idea, except for the personality. Like, the, the guy, I, I, I never wanted Cam Newton within 100 miles of my team because I just don't feel like that's a guy. And I think the league, I think agrees with this perspective. It's not a guy that is going to come in and just sort of stay in his lane and know his role, right? He's going to want, he's going to want to get on the field and that's not ideal for a backup quarterback. If you've got a guy who's a rock star stud that the team loves, the teammates love and all that. I think Wilson is kind of in you know much smaller body than uh, Cam Newton, but I think I think Russell Wilson's reputation, I think a pretty tough sell for me as a backup quarterback. It sort of just happened where people are like, he doesn't seem that likable, and the leadership thing's not there. He's not 
really a captivating leader to his teammates. Um, the the narrative around him has sharply shifted from his last year. If you remember, was it the 2020 season where they came here, Seattle, mm-hmm. and Wilson, and it was a shootout. Bills ended up winning that game late. But it still was Russell Wilson at that time. Right. Um, he was an MVP candidate when he came here. Yes, in 2020. In 20. Not yep. that yep. far away. Right. And it's not to me that, like, the injuries, I, I think it, it is a little bit of aging, uh, miles, and then the thing of the off the field, which is a confusing thing because you can't really point to something like, man, this guy's a jerk, he's gotten in trouble, or he's ostracized teammates, or yeah. he's, you know, thrown coaches under. The, none of that has happened. And yet it is. it just seems like time and time again you keep hearing people, former players, former teammates. I mean, Richard Sherman basically was like, I'll fight that guy yeah. on TV uh, in a pregame. <laughs> un, un really like, you know, like, really. right. He just was like, I hate him and I'd fight him. Um, so <laughs> there is just a weird vibe around Russell Wilson. Here's the thing, though. Um, is he going to take a million dollars to go be the backup of New York? Absolutely not. He is going to make like $44 million this year, regardless of whether or not he's playing for Denver or not. So there's a good chance he could have said, he could say, I've made my money and I'm. Do you know how many teams there, there, there's going to be a carousel of of free agent quarterbacks? And what are they? Are they Kirk Cousins? There, there are other really good. And how many teams need at least a quarterback and are going to plan on being semi competitive? I refuse to believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers are really trotting out. Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. That make doesn't doesn't Russell Wilson going there make so much sense? They're doing something else. That, they that that reporting to me it's not to impugn the, the 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 report. I think it's Jerry Dulac covered the Steelers for ages. Andrew Filipponi, our buddy in Pittsburgh, I think has a has a good relationship with him. Um, I trust that the Steelers wanted that out there. Yes. But there there's some there's some chess playing going on here from from them organizationally. Feels more like checkers, but I agree. Right. Yeah. The, the, that it, that was hilarious to me. It, absolutely. Like, I, I saw that and I tweeted like ha ha lol lol. Not because I think they're going to go into the season with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph and they're arguing about which one of those guys to start, but because they're trying to sell anyone out here on Who the idea that those yeah. are going to be there. Come on. There's no way they're doing that. I I don't think it would stun me. I mean, I suppose you know, there is a school of thought that says them shopping for a veteran free agent quarterback, it's not the Steeler way, right? It's not the kind <laughs> yeah, of thing sure. they normally do, but I, I'd, be, I'd be really shocked sitting here now if they don't do something substantial. And, and like, I, I, in this conversation, I actually forgot to mention Baker Mayfield's probably pretty close. I think if you were choosing between Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield right now after this last season, I would coming take May- Mayfield. I think I'm taking Mayfield. Heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so with that, I mean Minnesota's going to need a quarterback. Um, Tampa's going to have to try to replace Baker if they don't get Baker. Um, like there are jobs out there. Uh, who knows what the Raiders are going to do? Um, there are jobs to be had. I would think Russell Wilson is going to be one of 32 team, uh, one of 32 players to start somewhere next year, if not for the beginning of the year as a bridge yeah. to a younger quarterback. But there just are, to me, too few good options for teams. And, yeah, there's, what, what probably four or five first-round picks. Maybe Michael Penix is your sixth guy that could be a potential starter next year. But yeah. 
Bulldog, I just, you know, the idea that, like, and Tim Hasselbeck earlier, this, earlier last week said, I think Russell Wilson's out of the league. Right. I just think these people are crazy. It's I, like they haven't watched how bad quarterback play has been across the I'm league. way closer to he's out of the league than I am he's taking a million dollars to back up Aaron yes. Rodgers or Derek Carr yep. or, like, just anybody. Like, I, I think a guy like that might sooner just go, I'm done. Thanks for coming. Yep. And, you know, I'll see now. I'll stay in Chevron. I'll keep my arm loose. Right. And if something comes up, call me. But if, People if somebody doesn't want to have him Rivers start, last year. Right, right. Exactly. Give me a break. There's not room on roster for this guy. Right. So, um, God, it's, yeah. it's a weird conversation. But, yeah, no, I, I, any interest in him as a backup for Josh? Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Channel. No. Think so? I don't think so. Sorry, it was waiting. That's funny though. I, mean, I rushed that. I, didn't, yeah. I should. I should have paused a little longer to I, make it sound like I was serious. I do think though. I, th- I do think that for whatever reason, the narrative around him has gotten just it borderline weird. Yeah, like well, a little vindictive. It's it's weird. It's a yeah. weird conversation. Yeah, it it feels like if you put together. Um, a lot of what former teammates have said and how they've sounded about the end in Seattle and even Denver. It's just that he is an odd yep. guy, and I, look, I'm I'm all I'm all for fly your fly your freak flag. I, I, sure. Be as odd as you want, not if you're going to be my quarterback. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna need like regular dudes to get behind you and want to want to want to follow you and and pull for you and help you. And if you're odd, if you if they have a hard time bonding with you or like just getting with you, and you're no longer great anymore because the great. Sort of offsets Can, the, the oddity, yep. if that's the right word. Um, you know, get, just you can get away with a lot more once you're kind of a mortal at that position, and you're an odd personality. I, I think it's a tough sell. I, I too also think with Wilson Bulldog, like I think this conversation around well, Sean Payton, if he can't succeed in Sean Payton's, it's a system tailor made for Russell Wilson. Also, I mean. Uh, Sean Payton's the highest-paid coach of football. He's really good, right? I mean, generally, from day one in Denver, it seemed like it was going Couldn't wait to, go. to get him out of there. And it, it, <laughs> it, it, it was like, okay, yeah, we're signing. It was like almost like at his kickoff press conference, like, yeah, and we got this quarterback I'd really love to uh, offload. Yeah. Like, I mean, without even <laughs> a snap me. being played. So, like, the idea that, like, oh, this was his best chance to succeed, he played fine. He was – you know, didn't turn the ball over, and was he winning them games? No, I mean, he orchestrated that drive against the Bills on Monday Night Football. I mean, that was a dagger. Yeah. That throw to Cortland Sutton in the end zone was that pretty. That was pretty ridiculous. It was a pretty throw. So it's like, there's still a little bit in there, um, but to, to I think to act as though Sean Payton was coming in there, and they did everything they could to make him successful, despite, and it was almost in spite of him. Um, no, I mean, they walked in, and at his introductory press conference, he was like, yeah, I'm going to work on this quarterback. He's got, you know, he's a little too much into himself. I'm going to go take care of this guy. You're like, oh, oh okay, Sean Payton. That's a, it's a weird way to start. And then, like, you know, tossing. I just have so, so, a lot of passive-aggressive yeah. shots at Russell I, Wilson from the head coach, which I is think, weird. I don't know how well-documented this is. 
uh, all, but my I, I would bet Peyton gets there, sees exactly what the organization did for Wilson, like what how, how accommodating they were for him under Nate Hackett, and just went, nah, I, I, this guy's got to come down, not, not a few rungs. Like, I, I need to cut half of this ladder out from under him. Yep. Right? And then th- that was it, plain and simple. And he, he handles it that way. He lost Wilson right away at that moment, yep. and, like, that's the end of it. And there was a lot of undermining happening. It yeah. Just, it just right. seemed like right from the beginning. Right. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it, is he going to be the Jets' backup quarterback? I don't think so. I, 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 I think I agree with you. I think he's much more likely to just be out of the league than go take a $1 million backup job. I just, I'm here to say that it feels like there are too many opportunities right. out there for him to not least yeah. come in and say, hey, we're drafting Bo Nix and we don't know that we can just trot him out without competition. Why don't you come in here and then mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Do you have an idea you like at this point for the Bills? I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess I want to say that if it's Kyle Allen, fine. I mean, I, he doesn't inspire. I know, but where are you finding a guy that does? You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I don't want, I know it's too easy, you know, to just say, well, if Josh Allen gets hurt. I mean, just who cares anyway? Put a bow on it. We're yeah. cooked, right? But, you know, that that's more in like the case of like a season ending injury. But if it's, you know, a week or two weeks or three, whatever it is, you know, just that handful of games, maybe there is some, there should be maybe some desire to find someone who could be as good as you possibly can can be at the position. Um, I just no longer think Trubisky is an answer to that question after watching him play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I can tell you there's there's a couple. Jake, Jake Browning's a free agent. Yeah. Uh, is someone going to? Pay him money? I'm not sure. Gardner Minshew's a free. If agent. I were the Bengals, I would just I'm make sure, sure I hang on to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jacoby Brissett again. He's a free agent every yep. single year. Here's an interesting name: Ryan Tannehill. Mm. He's made his money. Veteran. Does he not sort of qualify as a little bit of like Wilson, like you Maybe. were saying? It it got pretty. It got tough yeah. this last two years. It, it's yeah. been tough. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah. But if you're say if you're talking about a four game stretch, yeah. And there's, I mean, he's older now, but there's always there's been mobility. some mobility there. Yep. Um, if you're talking about a four game stretch. That might be maybe that might be the most ideal right. answer. Is if you really want to feel like we want to feel good about who's the backup is. We need a veteran. Uh, and to me, the guy has always made sense. Is just Case Keenum. And they they like Keenum. He's been here for what a couple of times. I think a couple of trips. Uh, maybe it's just a guy like that you bring in who you're like, eh, you know, we know him. And yeah. I just, to your point, I don't think it can be. Does Matt Barkley still want to play? I, I just, I, I would feel that's a little short sighted. I on... guess it depends on like Tannehill is a very appealing idea to me. Just like first blush, I hadn't really thought of him before, so I'm glad you mentioned him. But does he cost? Five million dollars a year, whereas yeah, right. Kyle Allen costs a million. You know what I mean? Do yeah. I can I afford that? Really? Probably not. Sam Darnold, he'll he'll be cheap, right? Should be. And they're boys. Him and him and Allen are right. boys. If if you're talking about you need to sign a Josh Allen golf buddy, well, all right, Darnold might be that. That's another idea. All right, tap into that 2018 draft class right. for your backup quarterback. Right. See if Josh Rosen's available. Do it up. 
All right, let's take a time out. Nate Geary's in for Mike Shope. 803-0550 is the number. You want to get in on the conversation? We're just hanging out talking about the Bills offseason here while we watch the cars go round and round at Daytona after yesterday's rainout. They just dropped the green flag, I don't know, in the last 15 minutes or so. So that's going on. We'll have an eye on that as we make our way through the afternoon and into the early evening. I am the Bulldog. You are listening to WGR. Happy to have you hanging out with us here on a President's Day Monday. Mike Shope is off all week. Nate Geary is filling in Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Sal will be sitting in Mike's chair on Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Glad to have you with us here. Hanging out watching the Daytona 500 on a Monday. I, I had to... I, I had to I had to go ahead and do my thing yesterday. I have a longstanding twenty plus year tradition of for some reason, I don't know why these things are connected, of making fried bologna sandwiches for dinner when the Daytona five hundred is on. It's just a it's the thing that I started doing pre married married life and have continued to do. And I knew when I got up Sunday morning the race was already rescheduled and like I got to do this. It's day, it's Daytona 500 day anyway. I'm working tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to hang out, watch the race sure. at home. So we went ahead and did it. Question for you. Yeah. You, you fry the bologna up in the pan. Sure. And then are we talking, Are we? Are, is that a bun? Sure. Just your standard seeded Kaiser roll. Okay, Kaiser roll. So it's d- not like. or whatever. Yeah. It's not like fry the bologna and then it's like you're making a grilled cheese where you're. No, no. No, I, okay. me- I I I I melt some I melt a little American cheese on sure. the bologna because mm-hmm. you know Onions? it's just going to go full on trash. Yeah, Onions? Uh, and banana peppers. Those are Ooh, in a separate pot sa- sautéing. Okay, and then uh, yeah, just throw that on there. Little one piece of romaine lettuce, done. I really like fried bologna a lot. Um, I just don't know. I, I guess I I didn't under I, I didn't know what the vessel. Oh, is. Yeah. It, am I making a grilled cheese or is this good to just throw on a not even warmed no, up Kaiser. No, roll. nice fresh. Okay. Yeah, mm. roll. That sounds more appealing to, than good, the grilled cheese. Good, yeah, good yeah. to go. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've I'm never... not sure why I thought that, but that's yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the race, I so it's been an event like for me. I I made time for my entire adult life to watch this race, and it just it it's dawned on me over the last few years. I I, I don't watch any other NASCAR. I mean, almost ever. Once we get through the season kickoff race, which is what the Daytona 500 is. And a big part of it is the amount, uh, I know I'm going to sound like an old man now, but the amount of time that they, they, they just go forever. It just seems like it's it's a very long day. It's a commitment. You know, like, oh, three o'clock. Okay, great. Okay, it's seven. <laughs> somebody yeah. win this thing yet? Like, what am I doing here? Daytona reminds me of like what I, th- what I would assume is a very good picturing picture Show, like thing sure, to have yeah, on. like yeah, yeah. in the little thing up top, mm-hmm. but like actually watch my featured programming, and then oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. happening, and then like wake yeah. me up when there's ten laps left, right? Yeah, because there's almost always the, the end takes forever. Yes, there's crashes, and then like they do that green game. white checkered thing at yep. the end. So like I, I have ten dollars on Martin Truex Jr. Uh, in this race. And I don't know, he's in like 30th place or something here, or very, very, very early, 17 laps in uh, is, is all they are at this point. And so, 
Like, just stay clear of the junk for a few hours, and yeah. hopefully you're there at the end and you have a chance. Like, that's basically what you're betting on, I think. That, that's racing to me. I know there's a lot more that goes into it, but, you know, that's, that's, that's basically it. Just try to stay clean for a while. Good for you for betting on Daytona. I, I think that's well, you know, I, won, I, I I I hit big on Matsuyama yesterday, so you know, I had to, now see golf had to, had to now do it. now golf is <laughs> golf is is good. Like I I, I bet on uh, Sahith uh, Thigala last week mm. on Wednesday, got him for like plus eighteen thousand, and then it was looking really good. Yeah. And I'm like, should I cash out on Saturday? Should I cash out? Should I cash out? Let's let it ride. And Nick Taylor swooped in. Um, but I really like about betting on golf, Bulldog, is that you could start the week with a bet and then on Sunday morning wake up and decide, I, I am going to bet against the two people on top. Yeah. I bet on Matsuyama yesterday after he birdied one. Yeah. He was still five back, but it was plus 5,500. Yeah. I mean, good like, for you. That's a... All right. It's gonna, I don't trust Cantley. We I'm were saying, like, I, I walked into that thinking there's no way he's going coast to coast. He's not. Right. And it... Just, I mean, he was not good yesterday. Yeah, no. Easy to root against. All right. Uh, Easy to root against. Backup running back ideas. Yes. We'll get into that as we continue into the 5 o'clock hour. 803-0550 is the number if you'd like to join us. Nate Geary's in for Mike Shope. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 